What's up? This is Jason from Becoming the Archetype, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. We are a part of the resistance. The underground is All right, everyone, I'm going to welcome you all back to a new episode of Interview Under Fire, one that I am super excited about. As always, this is your host, Sonny, here uh, back once again. Today, I have the honor of speaking with a talented man responsible for one of the bigger comebacks you'll ever see, Jason Wisdom. Bro, thank you so much for joining our IOF series today. Man, you know, we're finally here at the most exciting time of the year for you, Seth and Brent, over at Becoming the Archetype. I mean, worth the wait. After a 10-year hiatus with the unleashing of your latest offering, uh, Children of the Great Extinction, which is set to drop uh, August 26th through Solid State. Totally. First things first, man. Welcome back. <laughs> and Thanks. And two, you're doing press again for an album release for Becoming the Archetype. I mean, do you yeah. kind of have to... By the way, if anyone doesn't know, Jason joined a little bit late. We have to remind him. <laughs> Yeah. that he's doing press again, <laughs> yeah. which I love, you know, do you kind of have to like pinch yourself after all these years? Like, I, I feel like it's all starting to become familiar to you again. Like the excitement has more than kicked in, I imagine. Right. Yeah. I mean, talking, finding out that there's people who want to talk about this is pretty cool. Um, you know, when you've gone a decade without, without doing anything like this, you know, yeah. but the real first things first is where are the chicken wings <laughs> and why didn't you mail me some? For this interview it's coming all right now okay now i got totally. i have a goal it's it's definitely on its way people already know why we call ourselves i interview under fire and that's the point right totally which which it'll come in handy at the surprise at the end and people already know what the surprise is jason doesn't know we'll save it for the end but i don't bro, know it, it, bro it, it's great and i i do want to commend you on all of the well-deserved recognition this album has been getting so far. Man, the those monstrous singles, The Remnant, The Calling, Lost Colony. Shout out to Notfest and Revolver, who have been praising yeah. your music. Plenty to unpack about this highly anticipated release and what you're all about. Now, before we get to all that and beyond, Jason, you know, let's take a moment here because you guys are from Atlanta, Georgia. That's where you're based. For yeah. fans and listeners who don't already know, right? I know this is the last thing people want to do nowadays is going back to the dreaded year of 2020, <laughs> but yeah. that was a significant time for you, Seth and Brent, because it also entailed the reformation yep. of becoming the archetype after a decade-long hiatus. I mean, uh, Jason, if you could briefly talk about this defining moment when you knew that this band was coming back to the surface, because I know the pandemic happened that year. A lot has happened between 2011 and 2022. A lot of question, I know, but... I yeah. think it's an important one to ask. Well, I'm going to be honest. It it could have happened sooner, but it's it's my fault. Um, <laughs> so uh, Seth has been sort of bugging me about the idea for years, and Duck is always ready to play drums. He's just one of those people who's just always ready to go. Yeah. And um, but I I had started a new project in 2015 called Death Therapy, which is like a Nine Inch Nailsy kind of. You know, I know this royal royal blood thing and, and i love it and, and i was so focused on that that i just kept being like man i was overwhelmed by the thought of trying to re revisit becoming the archetype because it had been 10 mm -hmm. years and it's like how do you how can we possibly give fans the nostalgia that they're looking for you know what i mean it's kind of impossible it's like star wars fans i feel like you know they're always gonna hate what you give them so don't, don't get me started bro yeah so i mean but the reality is it was a little overwhelming yeah. to me so but then in 2020 you know um we started you know we're like okay let's take some steps just see if we can write some songs together uh we got together got in a room because we were like we need to do this the way we did like the old in the old days we don't need to try to like email it back and forth yeah um which is what you know most bands do nowadays we were like no if we want to recreate the old days we got to get together in a room and just jam so we started doing that and then COVID happened it was like oh crap um yeah i kind of put a hold on it but then 2021 it was just like we basically spent the whole year just really digging into it um and the pandemic in a way almost gave me more time to devote to it um because i'm a yeah. school teacher on the side um you know because i'm not you know i'm not I'm not ready to retire yet from uh you know all the money i've made playing music <laughs> um so but yeah so uh being a school teacher schools were closed you know, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, just got a chance to 
give it everything I've got, and I feel like the result is maybe the best becoming the archetype record we've done, which I think is the only way to do it. If you're going to come back, you got to come back, you know? So uh, real quick, side note, my brother, James, shout out to James. He's also a member here at, I, here at IUF. He introduced me to you guys. He is also a school teacher. He's um, a hero. He, yeah, and you guys are my heroes. I love what you guys do. I have so much respect for any, any teachers out there, really. Shout out to you guys. My little brother, uh, he just got accepted to Vanderbilt. He's actually uh, awesome. going to become a professor out there uh, after he graduates with his PhD. So teachers are, are a very prominent position here in my family. So that really hits home when yeah. you told me about which, what, what your occupation is. Imagine your teacher becoming the lead vocalist of a melodic death metal band. Oh my gosh, there's the some, archetype. there's some, uh, I mean, this is all stuff that the record label probably would prefer I don't talk about, but because it's like, it just makes <laughs> me not, yeah. it just makes me seem like not cool. But like, there are some comments on YouTube videos and stuff uh, from my other band, Death Therapy, where people are like, uh -huh. that guy was my substitute teacher today. <laughs> My brother's a musician, okay? So and I'm I, like, I'm like, listen, I'm sorry that my name can be Googled, you know, um, and yeah. So yeah. and I'm and I mean, I'm also like, it's not like I'm going around tr passing out demo tapes to students in the schools. Um, Just sneak like, him in the bags. But every, you know, but every once in a while, there's a kid that you run across who's like, yeah. you could tell they're that kid who listens to metal and like nobody else gets them, and all of a sudden, I'm, you know. I'm in yeah. this place where I'm like, hey, I know who that band is on your T-shirt. And they're like, what? You know, and and it's so. really it's really unique because you also connect with your student on a, a whole different level that you may not have expected before. I think right. that it opens a lot for me. I know it all it would open a sense of maybe even like trust, you know, and like like going to them for advice. And that I, I feel like that music really connects with us on a, a way that maybe can't even be explained. You kind of have to just feel it. You know? I think in, I think the metal, especially like metal and alternative and you know punk rock music, mm -hmm. it's it's more of a community and it feels like being part of sort of an underground international community. Now it's becoming more mainstream, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I come from the old school when it was like, you know, you would be you'd be lucky if you walked into a a Best Buy or somewhere and you could see a metal CD. You know what I mean? If you if you saw a Slipknot CD, you were like, oh man, this is. I remember those you know days. I mean? So, yeah, totally. Well, we would go in and find our CDs and we would always grab a handful of them and take them out and put them on the end cap. Um, um, I bought I bought Dichotomy at a Best Buy in Tulsa because uh, my older brother lives in Tulsa. Um, yeah. So I would go visit him a lot. That's actually where I bought. Man, that, that was the only Best Buy I remember specifically that would have like me a metal section, which yeah. probably is non-existent nowadays. So now, the, now it's just all on Spotify, you know. Yeah, but, every, yeah, everything's on Spotify. And the metal section is very easy to find. So, But uh, I, I imagine... Uh, you know, of course, I don't. I want to stay on the on the yeah. border of not the label. I don't want you to you know, cross. <laughs> I'm cross kidding. Any lines I, I'm kidding. They don't care. I just, <laughs> I'm. You know, like you mentioned, it's been ten years since I've done press, so I, you know, I got to get back in the wheelhouse and, you know, let's talk about the album. You no, know, you, no, you're definitely getting no. in the wheelhouse. I, I just want to hang out with you, man. Bro, we're hanging, man. Hanging we, out, need some chicken wings. We're just missing the wings. We're gonna do it. I promise, we'll do it. Okay, Wait. we're gonna stay in touch after this interview. Here's the thing. Jason, everything you're telling me, I, I was going to ask if there's a sense of when you see people like that reacting to your music and at the same time, hey, that was my school teacher. Do you get a sense of, uh, I don't know, it's you're obviously off the bat. I can tell that you are such a humble person, which, uh, you know, I that's something that I learned. <laughs> I'm trying, man. <laughs> and uh, I, do you get a sense of, you know, a fulfillment like, hey, I, it feels this is important to me, you know? I didn't, you know, I'm a school teacher, but at the same time, I feel like I'm making an impact on a student on a whole different level. Do you, do you feel that way? Yeah. I mean, usually, like I said, I'm usually those conversations with a student come up when I can tell that that's a person who feels a little bit maybe disenfranchised by mm. everyone around them. You know, I live in Atlanta. If you can't tell by how I talk, you know, I'm from the South, um, lots of country music, which is, you know, Nowadays, country oh, music. You'll fit stuff. right that's, in here in Texas, y'all. That's a whole nother <laughs> conversation, but um, what country music has turned into. But um, but yeah, I mean, and then, and then everybody, it seems like, listens to pop or hip hop now. But like, mm -hmm. um, and lots and lots of Metallica t-shirts from Stranger Things, but not because of the music. So <laughs> when you see a kid, yeah. you see a kid who's like, you know, he's got a, he's got some sort of, you know, between the Barry to me or something on his binder it's like oh okay hold on a second now let's talk to this kid for a minute 
And then yeah. all of, he's opening up his eyes like, whoa, wait, you heard who this is? You know, because he probably put it on there almost as a symbol of how different he is. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like a way of staking a claim. But then that's a connection that we have. So, yeah, I think it's cool. It's a cool uh, it's a cool connection. And uh, by the way, I, I have a we're talking about like so many people. My my little sister, who's 18, she was introduced to Metallica because of Stranger Things when we watched totally. that scene, which I don't uh, have any beef with that. Like some people yeah, are also spoiler yeah. alert. If you haven't seen Stranger Things out there, I mean, this this podcast is actually going to be broadcast internationally. So anyone who out there, I apologize. It's your internationally. Fault. You they you probably saw it before we did in the States. Yeah. Oh, that's that's true. But that's it, what it seems but, like. Yeah. At least. But case in point, she's 18. And that was her introduction to a band like Metallica. And the next day we were introducing her to Injustice for All, Ride the Lightning, you know, so on and so forth. But heck, yeah. Uh, and I want to segue into this because, you know, Jason, you've been at this for quite a while, bro. And, and I want to date it back to 1999, the non-existent mm-hmm. failure days, the remnant days. You mentioned death therapy, whether it's with yeah. uh, Solomors or even Numa, you know, it, you know, I want to talk about that and you're reaching real deep now i'm reaching real deep i know more about you than you know about yourself that's where i'm going man those bands you know the touring yeah. life the live concert experience for you you personally you've toured with some of my other favorite bands you've toured with parkway you've toured with abr uh august Burns how Red. crazy we, is that had, yeah we had matt griner on our show a couple of times shout out to him you know a uh, demon yeah. hunter zeo the chariot i know for me looking back considering what has happened in the last two years, I would have a maybe a different reaction to this question. Would mm-hmm. you say you have a newfound appreciation of the live concert experience now, considering what has happened in the last two years? You know, it's, oh, it's yeah. been a very important question. I've asked a lot of my guests about this and it's, it has really opened up my eyes, you know, because this was something that was taken away from me, taken away from you. I right, imagine, 100%. you know, uh, I wonder what your thought is on that. Yeah. I mean, in 2020, we had, my other band death therapy had like eight big festival gigs lined up for the year and then some other tour dates. And it was, it was potentially going to be one of, you know, my busiest years in a long Mm -hmm. time with touring stuff. And then all of a sudden it was, that was shut down. And then as a substitute, a substitute teacher at the time that was shut down. And, uh, you know, so obviously you're asking about, you know, a newfound appreciation for live shows, which totally, as soon as we were able to play, shows again which i've played a few um since then it's just like because to me my favorite thing about playing shows is hanging out with people like i'm i'm more of the like go to denny's after the show and hang out with people guy i mean i love being on stage and playing that's fun too but like i feel like there's some musicians who are just wired to jam on stage and that's where they get their like energy Mm -hmm. to me like i feel like i have to work really hard to perform on stage but then when that's over and i can just hang out with the people who are we're on tour with the people at the local you know at the venue the promoter the um you know just our friends who show up the people we're staying with that night or something dude that's i live for that i love that kind of stuff so um so i missed that i missed that so much i feel like that i mean i'm not to go off on a sidetrack but i mean i i feel like we need that i feel like people psychologically biologically need that connection and it's it's really been tough to see a lot of people struggling as they've been separated um yeah you know um i mean i get it it's everyone had to sacrifice but it's i'm glad that we're back to that i mean i'm seeing these huge festivals happening you know hoping hoping bta can get out there and play some of those play some of these shows and stuff coming up seems like it'd uh, be fun i haven't played any of these songs in so long Um, bro it's gonna be so good to see them live man so we covered we covered the uh interview under fire we covered the so what festival back in uh may i yeah. don't know if you knew about that it was a three-day festival here in dallas i was thinking now i'm thinking man you guys would have been like perfect on that bill because <laughs> i mean we covered bands like the ghost inside all the way to knock loose to uh rebecca black for crying out loud it, it was it was amazing like the i've never seen something oh like, sleeper uh, oh sleeper and they're on yeah, totally. State with you guys by the devil Wars Prada. we just had mike on our show uh yeah. last week you know and it, it was it was a really great turnout. A lot of people at that show. It was their first day back, like in a live concert yeah, setting, sure. you know. So it that definitely opened up my eyes, and I, I know I have a newfound appreciation as well. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you one more thing. This is a busy time for you as well, Jason. School is opening back up, man. Totally, man. Are you overwhelmed? Yep. Uh, <laughs> are you, are mean, you okay? Are you hanging in there? <laughs> I'm. I'm doing okay. I'm not getting a whole lot of sleep. Yeah. Uh, but I'm doing okay. Um, How does yeah, it mean, this year so far? 
I know it's maybe too early to tell, but it's going. It, this year's going just fine. Um, but you know, right now, I'm so stoked about the record coming out that like that's kind of got all my attention. To be honest, um, I'm sitting. I'm sitting. I'm in the classroom. Release a record so the, every 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 time at this yeah. time of year. This is the thing you don't know about. You know, this is the thing you don't know about a lot of your favorite bands who are in sort of independent music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of them. I don't want to say most of them. I mean, some of them are making a living playing music, but a lot of them aren't. And they're working some job somewhere, but while they're doing that, they're sending all of these text messages and these emails like that make the stuff that you love in the music industry happen. You know what I mean? I'm sending I'm sending messages back and forth today in between classes about T-shirt designs that we're you know, that we're talking about. And and I'm approving, you know, videos and things like that for, you know, so it's stuff that like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, So if you go to if you go to Subway somewhere and the dude the vocalist of your favorite band is making you a sub you know just be kind to him that's all i'm saying very true man just be be kind to that guy yeah he's making you a sandwich man Uh, bro that's that is very eye-opening by the way i I love how you mentioned that something simple like that really goes a long way show appreciation for the people around you whether what they whatever it is that they do you know i mean i've even i've even read stuff and you know seen interviews with the dudes and bands that you know, that I have looked up to for forever, like Mastodon or something complain, mm-hmm. you know, not, I don't want to say they're complaining. That sounds like really derogatory, but like bemoaning the way that the industry has made it so hard for them to make a living. And yeah. I'm thinking, gosh, if Mastodon, you know, is talking about yeah, that. That's what right hope, behind me. Yeah. What, what hope does, I mean, cause they're an Atlanta band, exactly. um, you know, what hope does a little band like become the archetype? Um, what, what hope do they have? Like, I mean, I don't know that the guys at Mastodon even know that that we exist. Um, so no, uh, they will now. Maybe they maybe they will, and maybe no. we can go get some burritos together in Atlanta. After, no, trust me. After this interview, like I said, we're on all podcasts, like all major streams out here. So, <laughs> and I covered Mastodon back in November, and uh, of course, those guys and you guys are have a big have a soft, soft place in my heart, and you know, and I really appreciate everything you guys have done, bro. Uh, let's get to the album, man, because yeah. this is children of the great extinction i <laughs> i couldn't stop listening to this i was just i think i broke the replay button on my freaking uh laptop here you know uh solid state yeah, records awesome. right this drops uh, august 26th this is your sixth mm-hmm. album as well solid sixth state album. records solid state i'm gonna talk about this for a second because this makes you label mates alongside bands like fit for a king norma jean right. devil rose prada like we just mentioned oh sleeper jason what's the feeling like kicking off this new chapter of the band with the label like solid state who's essentially been there since the beginning with you guys yeah and i've been with solid state now you know because my other group signed with solid state mm-hmm. um so i've never worked with a different label and they've always been super cool yeah super kind and i honestly i don't know who else feels like this but i feel like they're sort of having a second golden age right now like i mean i feel like 2022 is kind of the year of solid state i mean there's so many killer records uh new silent planet stuff fit for king stuff demon hunter uh norma jean new devil wars prada record is super sick you know what i mean like they're just yeah. and i feel like you know it reminds me of when i was growing up in the heyday of solid state or what i consider the heyday and like from 97 to like 2005 or so uh 2007 that was just like every record was awesome you know i was listening to zayo and Living Sacrifice and Blindside and you know all those bands that were just bro. You're talking. It. You're talking about my youth now, man. Yeah, you're about totally. To, that's where I'm at. All emotional. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. What I'm saying is, I feel like that's happening right now. So for BTA, <clears throat> BTA to be right in the middle of that, I actually feel is is a really cool opportunity. Um, and then you got and then there's other bands that I you know newer bands like I said, Silent Planet, Fit for a King, mm-hmm. that are just absolutely they're killing it right now. They are so, killing it, and yeah. Uh, and Daniel, no. who plays guitar in Fit for a King, uh, yeah. did two records with Becoming the Archetype. Um, and he's also in Phineas, who's another we've amazing had, We've band. had Sean on Phineas on our show as well. Oh. Shout, out, shout oh. out to Sean. So, yeah. O Sleeper's still around, um, doing stuff on Solid State. I mean, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm super honored to be a part of that label every time, you know, we get to do something. So, super yeah. glad that they wanted another BTA record when we had the idea. That they weren't so- like, yeah, no, man, nobody cares about this band. And that there really shows uh, really their work ethic. And shout out to Solid State. I mean, they've, they've been, I mean, it's just that label just keeps on improving. Now, let me repeat this here. Sixth album, right? Before we get into the 
fundamentals of this record. Yep. This is I'm going to I'm going to keep breaking this sentence here. You know, this is a 10 year gap, 10 year gap. Last one being I am for who doesn't know and which you weren't on that one. You know, you were the last one you were on was Celestial Completion. I went back and I flipped through the band's catalog, you know, all the way out to Terminate Damnation. I love those albums then. I love them today. I remember a couple of years back also, Jason, like 2018 or something like that. I was listening to Dichotomy, right? That that may be my favorite one. I keep going it's back. It's my to favorite one. Oh, look at that. Other than, maybe, you know? other than maybe the other than maybe the new one. But uh, yeah, the I got to let it I got to let it sit for a little bit. Uh, I think you know. by the end of this conversation, the new one may be my favorite and I'll and you're going to find out why. OK, OK. You know, I was thinking, man, wouldn't it be great if they just released a new album out of nowhere? I was four years late, but bro, here you are, you know, new yeah. year. Well, new year. We're well into 2022, but new album, new chapter of the band. Like I mentioned, I'm going to quote you here. You said that the new album isn't just about making more music but about recapturing the original artistic spirit of the band pressure. Did you yeah. feel any of that, Jason, when you decided to sit down and write again for a new album or even just a follow-up considering how difficult it can be to come back after a decade? Did you yeah, feel 100%, 100%. I mean, like I said, mentioned earlier, that was one of the reasons it took a decade. Um, and it, there's just, I, I personally, maybe, I mean, I don't, I know that the other guys, we talked about that pressure you know hmm. sort of like because there's there's what becoming the archetype is like on paper objectively you know by the numbers and then there's what becoming the archetype means to the fans and those are there's like a gulf between those becoming the archetype is we've been a band hugely hugely fortunate to have like even if we would have a really small concert with like 20 people in somewhere like dallas or houston or whatever Mm -hmm. uh, just as an example, like, cause where you're at those 20 to 20 to 50 people were, I mean, just, they knew every word, you know what I mean? We didn't have casual fans for this band. Um, so never the biggest band in the world, but always had fans that were like BTAs, you know, they thought we were something, you know, something celestial to use that word, like something, something on another level. So how do we, re how do, like, I'm thinking to myself, how can we, how can we possibly do justice to that? I don't just want to put out another record. I don't want to just make metal cartoons that sound like something, you know, it's mm -hmm. got to somehow feel just like distinctly like becoming the archetype so that if, a, if a, an old fan listens to it, they feel like they're sitting down like you and me are right now and just having a, having a conversation with an old friend, you know? Yeah. That's what guys... I want the record to feel like. Here's the thing, man. You guys have always had a knack for blending in the and the technicalities and like the heaviness of metalcore to you know progressive metal to melodic death elements. You know, you even had, if I'm not mistaken, you had some black metal and blast beat totally. elements in this in this album too. You know, from the Dead World to the Remnant to the Awakening to the epic Sacrament uh, at the finish. That made me that made me my favorite tune off the record yeah. because. You guys stayed true to your original sound over the years and yet expanded on that. You know, here's the thing. First half of the album, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Hear me out. First half of the album, I'm listening. It's like, all right, we're back. That was, that's what I got. We're back. And then you had the interlude of like the phantom, the phantom field. And then right. now the second half of the album was like, okay, now that we're back, here's some epic fire tracks that make you really want to mosh with anything around you. My grandma was the one that was around me. Probably not the best idea <laughs> I had in mind at the time, but you know, it, you went That's on to be say, our new slogan, mosh with your grandma, <laughs> mosh with your grandma, put that on a shirt. I'll endorse that, bro. Yeah, we got that grandma and, mosh. Uh, you mentioned how the real difficult part was the idea of trying to recapture the true spirit of becoming the archetype. I wonder how much did things change from when you first started composing on this album to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change? Did you already have a specific sound from day one for children of the great extinction? Uh, I think it's a little bit of yes and no. Um, so part of the reason we, I think we eventually dove in headfirst and made the record happen mm -hmm. is because we finally nailed down and knew that we had a producer on board. His name's Nate Washburn. Yep. Shout out to guitar him. player. Nate's, From my, uh, my Epic, yep. if I'm not mistaken. He's yep. in a band called My Epic and he's done, he's produced a couple death therapy records with me and he and I have gotten along really well musically. And I was like, okay, I think if we have a producer, 
who knows what BTA is supposed to be, then we can pull this off. Um, you know, obviously this is a silly example because, you know, it's uh, Metallica is like the biggest band after the Beatles, you know, to ever exist in, in rock music. But like, yeah. I feel like when Metallica sat down to do Death Magnetic, um, wasn't it Rick Rubin that did that record with them? Um, yes, I'm, good I'm pretty sure. And I think he he sort of steered them back to Metallica. I'm not saying that the stuff they did before that wasn't true to them, but it, it just almost felt like they were wandering in the desert, like to use a biblical reference. Like, <laughs> And then all of a sudden with Death Magnetic, it was like, hey, this band can thrash again. This band can write riffs again. And I feel that the producer has a lot to do with that. If the producer can like, so Nate was able to be like, hey, this is what BTA sounds like to someone who's from the outside. And we were like, okay, cool. So then, yeah, we sort of tried to nail down, like you mentioned, um, you know, there's some black metal in there. There's some piano stuff in there because that's something mm -hmm. we always did that I felt like was a little different. Lots of metal bands will have synthesizers and stuff, but we always had like piano um, because we, Seth, who plays the piano, yeah. he and I met at music school, like um, doing like guitar classes and piano classes together and stuff. So, um, so yeah, we put all that stuff together and it's like, okay, yeah, this feels like BTA. And I already sort of had the lyrical idea written before the music, which is the first time that's ever happened. And the lyrics are a concept album for people who don't know from song one to song 10, it tells one continuous story. And um, that's a whole nother challenge in itself to make that work and not feel silly um, to tell a story, you know? And then you yeah, also I, I, I don't think it changed a ton. I think it was like, mm -hmm. it all happened sort of organically. Maybe it might be the most organic record we've ever written. Um, and what I mean by that is, I think when we wrote the first record, Terminate Damnation, we were all like 18 years old. So we clearly wrote that one very organically. But we also like, I think everybody probably quit the band like five times. And we fought with each other all the time because we were 18 year old kids. And we didn't know anything. Um, we did that record with Devin Townsend, the third record, Dichotomy. Um, I remember showing up in Canada and Devin sort of ascertained that we weren't ready, at least according to his level of professionality. Okay. And so he like put us in a room for like a week and we rehearsed and we rehearsed and we rehearsed and we fought a lot. And there were times Devin like told us we were being idiots and slammed the door and walked out on us and like, you know, uh, and then there were times we got along really well. So I don't want anyone to think that uh, it wasn't a, it was, it was an amazing experience working with Devin Townsend, best mu musical experience of my life. Man, but, that, that's but, a cool, yeah, that's, that's yeah, a great but, story. Sorry. Go but ahead. this, yeah, but there's, yeah, there was one time Devin was just like, yeah, he was just so fed up with us. He's like, yeah, I'm going to the beach. I'll see you guys later. Um, and, um, and he did. He went to the beach. But, um, but with this record, I feel like we were, I mean, maybe it's because we're, we're more mature. We're older now. Um, maybe it's because hindsight's 2020 and we finally can look back and go, this is what we should be doing. Uh, this is what we should yeah. sound like. But yeah, uh, it, was, it was pretty painless in that regard. You know, you talked about Devin Townsend and you work with some great producers, man. Even a uh, shout out to Matt Goldman as well. Totally. You know, uh, and Nate Washburn. I, I feel like they're everything you're telling me. It sounds like you had that sense of comfortability in this comfortability in the studio. Yeah. Having someone like Nate working on an album with you, because the sound itself was a big part of this record that I really loved, Jason, because I'm an audiophile these days. I'm very picky on totally how I want my music to sound the way I want it to sound. I don't have to mess with much EQ levels on this one, bro. So shout out to, we've done a lot of shout outs, right? Shout out to yeah. Nate. And, and also you had Ryan Clark from Demon Hunter guest vocals on, on which is album. round three, which is round, round three. Th for yeah, Ryan. It, it, so that's, there's two round threes on this record for people who are not familiar with BTA. There's a little bit mm -hmm. of history going on here. So like on the first record, Ryan Clark did a guest vocal. Ryan is more or less responsible for discovering the band. Mm -hmm. um, and he did a guest vocal. And then on the third record, Dichotomy, he did a guest vocal. Yep. And then on the, this sixth record, which is my fifth record, so every every other record that I was on, he has done a guest. He has done a guest. <laughs> guest yeah, he's done a guest vocal. And also on every one, other one of those, there's been a classical guitar instrumental track as track five on the record. So it's sort of completing the trilogy in those uh, two ways. So there's there's more than just music in the like in what this record means 
to us and also hopefully to fans who sort of followed some of that lore and, you know, have experienced things. I saw some people, uh, Seth posted a video of himself recording the classical guitar thing. Yeah. And several, several people were in the comments were like, let me guess it's track number five, you know, cause they know that's just a thing yeah. that we've done. So it's kind of cool that people picked up on that. Yeah. Track number five. And I, I think that's the phantom field, right? That's the, right. And some yeah. people are probably going to be just like, okay, this is a skip. Like, you know, no, that's a great track. What are you talking about? No, no, I I love it, but it's it's one of those things where if you're not a committed, like sit down and listen to the whole album kind of person, you know what I mean? Yeah. Those a lot of times people skip those instrumental tracks, but we um we've also always been a band that has tried to avoid the like some people will put like filler tracks that are like, you know, 40 seconds long, and it's it's you feel like it's about to go somewhere and then all of a sudden the track's over. We've always tried to flesh them out into like full-blown instrumental songs. So. Yeah, and that sets up the second act of the album like, oh my goodness, Chris, like you I love the second I love the second act of the like, album. I think it's I think it's better than the first half, but the I, first half is more is more packed with like singles if that makes sense, you know. Yeah, what did I say like, hey, we're back. All right, now here's the interlude. Okay, now we're really back. Here's here's yeah. these these epic tracks. I want to talk about something here jason you know between writing and the the structuring the songs and the production process like we just talked about you know with becoming the archetype i i did notice that you guys were also along the lines of the christian rock and metal community as well Mm -hmm. i i wonder if you know what's the first thing that comes into your mind when you hear something like that like how strongly do you identify with something like christian rock and christian metal and is it an element that also defines becoming the archetype on who they are today because i feel like this is also a label that can be easily misunderstood that gets thrown around a lot but uh, yeah you know it's uh and it may be a sensitive subject for some people but i i i I come from a christian world you know i'm one of the first bands i listened to i mentioned becoming the archetype my introduction to music was christian rock we had a christian rock station here in in, uh it's no longer around it's called 89.7 power fm and I would listen to bands like Skillet and POD and Super Chick and uh, yeah. DC Talk, like those bands. Oh, you know? now we're but, talking. Yeah, back in the day, man. <laughs> I mean, DC like back talk, in the day. Now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, uh, I said, well, to- Toby Mac, you know. Uh, I think I think that uh, I, you know we obviously we come out the the band was born and grew up in that time frame when there was I can even remember an old alternative press out of magazine cover that was like the the lords of christian rock or something like that it had like as a lay dying and Corey from norma jean and ryan from and under oath it had all those like four four or five guys on the cover and it was like it was a thing it was happening now bta was always under the like you know under the radar compared to a lot of that we did tours with like you mentioned we did tours with Parkway Drive back when they opened for us, which is hard to believe because now they're like the biggest band. Uh, it was, I think, I, I would have to check and find this out, but I believe that tour was their first U.S. tour. They yeah, did. they were. It was. Um, yeah, August Burns Red is also, I feel like, on that same. Yeah. Kind of that same area as well. They they yeah. kind of just in and out. They they didn't really, you know, some articles say yeah they're Christian metal, but they're like, ah, eh, we don't really identify it, but. You know, and so and uh, but we t- we would tour with bands like we toured with Arsis back in the day. Who was they're just absolutely unbelievably Arsis. good. Yeah, Arsis is sick, and um, um, you know, we toured with all kinds of bands from all over the place. Um, and uh, you know, we've never hidden hidden the fact that I'm a Christian. I write the lyrics. Christians come from the lyrics come from a Christian worldview. Um that's what it is um and i don't think it i don't think it's a secret to anybody mm-hmm. um with this particular record i really wanted to not like shy away from that that's definitely not the case but like i wanted to go deeper so this record really fleshes out a full like narrative story that has a lot for people to interpret in different ways um mm-hmm. i think i think the themes are very are, are very powerful and pretty clear, but I don't necessarily, it's not like, you know, Jesus freak, uh, you know, it's, covers, song, it's not Jesus freak cover songs. <laughs> have um, you, have you covered that song? Oh, I haven't. No, it's definitely, Please I haven't, that I haven't covered that's that. There's a, band, that's, there's a band be... from tech. There's a band from San Antonio, uh, called relent that we're friends with who covered it. Mm. 
they're like a like a rap rock group. Man, how so cool you, would it be to dig, hear a BTA Yeah, if cover you dig some of that stuff, they did a cover. It was it was pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, and they're from I, Texas. Man, that that song hits home for me. You know, and, and the bulk of this album, I know it deals with the reflection of the reality of our current humanitarian situation. You know, I, I believe Certainly. Seth said that, and I, it really resonates at a time like today. It even had, it also felt cinematic at times. I don't know if that was intentional, but. Oh, you know, for sure. And that's and, something and, that I love. I love that. Kind of, I feel like BTA has always done a little bit of that. Like we'd have songs that have like harpsichord and orchestral mm-hmm. intros and things like that. Um, you know, and we were doing all that at a time when, you know, p- most people weren't playing with backing tracks. So we would show up and Seth would actually have to play that stuff on the keyboard you know um so yeah i mean it's it should be i'm hoping it that the album is a cinematic and spiritual journey for people uh as they yeah. listen to it and hopefully people will will take the time i don't i don't actually know what the runtime is on the full record but it's got to uh, be it's i wonder if it's your longest album too i don't think it's our longest i think i think the Terminate last nation is-, is still longer but the last tracks uh, it's almost 11 or 12 minutes so it, it may be the same as Terminate Damnation. Man, didn't feel like eleven and twelve minutes. Man, that that track went by. Fast. I love that, that song. That they mean my favorite one. Um, yeah, but it's Jason, deep though. It's deep into the record. It's gonna it's gonna take some effort for people to make it all the way there. Gosh, it it didn't take me that much effort. I I'm I was thrilled. I was more than thrilled about this. I mean, That's you guys, awesome. you know, uh, so many great records have come out this year. You guys, you guys were definitely like a diamond in the rough out of all these. You know, and. I don't know, man. This is it's definitely album of the year contender. We tried not to yeah. we tried not to have a whole lot of lead up. Just tried to sort of be like, you know, boom. Hey, we're back. Here you go. It's June. <laughs> okay, the record comes out in August. Let's go, you know. And kind of thing. You and, know, Jason, uh, yeah. Here's the thing, Jason. This you know, this has been quite the conversation, bro. I mean, and thank you for sharing so much about who you are and what becoming the archetype is all about. You know, a lot of experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in which we have discussed about you know one of my first metalcore bands i really got into were you guys and now here we are and i know you've met a lot of people and and work with a lot of people while building this dedicated fan base like you just mentioned earlier for over a particular time span you know while manifesting these amazing records that have stood the test of time i mentioned i went back and heard it there's a reason why i did it because it's still in my rotation today i mean your relationship with your bandmates your faith your faith the touring life, your love for this music. I- I'm excited to see where you go from here, man. You know, six albums, right? Let's not wait another 10 before the next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is definitely something that you have a passion for. And the truth yeah. is, is, you know, from, from what I'm seeing, you, you've experienced plenty already in your career and then some. You mentioned, and again, I'm quoting you because this, uh, I love this quote. When you hear it, I hope you think becoming the archetype is back. Yeah, totally. Have you ever... Have you ever just stopped for a moment to take a look back at how far you've come? Uh, we need the I wings. Mean, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think, I mean, I think about that pretty often when it comes to doing music. I mean, cause it's really easy and I'm going to wax philosophical for a second, I guess, but like, it's really easy when you've been doing anything, whether it's being a, a business owner or a musician or an artist of any kind, after you've been doing it for 20 something years, and maybe you haven't fully attained all the goals or whatever. I mean, people compare them. Everyone compares themselves to someone else. You know what I mean? There's always someone bigger than you. I see bands sometimes that are humongous and they're, you know, they're complaining they can't get on bigger tours or something. But like, it's really easy to fall into that trap and just be like disheartened and be like, man, um, you know, when you're going to substitute teaching and, uh, you know, you're putting a tie on in the morning and you're like, man, I would, I wish I was playing a metal show and, you know, sleeping in a van, um, or something. But, uh, but I think at the same time I look back and I'm like, man, I really don't deserve any of this. And it was all really just like, you know, we, we were playing a, a side stage at Cornerstone music festival and Ryan Clark from demon hunter walked by, heard us playing some music, thought it was cool. And fast forward 20 years and here we are six albums in and there's people out there in other parts of the world who genuinely consider it like their favorite music. And I can't believe that. That's that's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, we're not going to be on the Billboard Top 200, but like we've sold out of all the vinyls that we made for this record, which is 
I mean, how cool, Dude, how cool is that? Listen like, to people, what you're just saying, man. That's you know what I mean? People, great. Yeah. people are stoked and I'm stoked. And I, I guess what I'm saying is this has always been a band where we put the art and making music that we love as a top priority. So we've never been a band who was like, Hey, let's make music. That's going to make us famous or popular. But I think when I look at that, it's like, wow. And there's people that that resonates with them. Like we had songs on Celestial Completion, which the last record I did, there's a song that has like ska sections in it. It's got like Five Iron Frenzy. That was, oh, trombone, Five Iron Frenzy. That's another band. Trombone player playing, playing horns on the song. Like that's, there were some people who were just like, boo, this is not metal. But then there were other people who were like, I totally get this. That's me. And those I are totally our people. Those are my people. That spoke to and me. And the fact that you and people like you exist, that's extremely humbling. That was a really long way of saying, yeah, I look back and I'm like, wow, for all of the grumpiness that I can have about things, you know what I mean? For all, I could be the 38 year old guy who's like, man, I remember back when, Bro, you're you my know, brother's age. back when what people would buy, this is mind back when people would buy CDs, I could, you know, and now nobody buys CDs. I could be that guy, but like, it'd be, it's better if I'm just like, holy crap, how did <laughs> I, how, how am I here? How am I talking to you right now? And we have a record coming out. That's who would have thought that that would be happening in 2022. So I'm stoked. Authenticity. You know, it's, it's a dedication to your craft, Jason. And, and it is easy to lose focus along the way as you get, go higher up the ladder. You know, um, my mom's a recording artist, you know, and she's famous from back home, back home being Bangladesh. So she's like, a, she's a pop artist there, you know, so That's she, awesome. she is famous. So it, but there's that level of humbleness. And, and yes, I, you are a humble person and I take that to heart, you know, <laughs> I'm the, the most humble the person face, there is the face, <laughs> the so face of humble. the humble person. I'm going to screenshot that <laughs> humble. <laughs> are you, have you been humble today? <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, it, I think it's important sometimes kind of just push everything away and kind of just look at it from the outside, reevaluate yourself and kind of just remind yourself why you do what you do and go back in with the refocus perspective. I know I've done that. It's really, it taught me a lot of humility, but you've, what you're doing matters. And, and I want to show appreciation for that because the fans you've seen the YouTube comments, man, you've seen the Instagram comments. People are saying yeah. my body is ready in all caps. You know? <laughs> like it's, Everybody's I don't know what part of their body they're talking about, and I don't want to know. But all I know is that just mosh with your grandmother. You know, that's mosh that, with that, that's all that matters. And grand think, mosh. <laughs> we're gonna have to like endorse all this yes. before people take it from us, man. The grand that's, mosh. The grand mosh, man. Yeah. Uh, she's gonna be like, I like it. she's gonna be like, what the hell? <laughs> yes. But it, it but yeah, going to my point about showing dedication to your craft, and, and I think it's I want I want you to keep doing what you're doing. Don't stop because it's it's definitely visible your persona as i'm talking to you your the lyrics you know it's it's something that is also inspiring you know something that i even i can take with me going forward you know and well, i appreciate that it yeah you you can look at someone and come it's not how it's easy to compare yourself and kind of get well, lost yeah, in the I, whole but i also think so like being a teacher i think has has given me a lot of perspective on how like you, students look up to you so you can always you can always think that you don't have something to offer but then there's always someone that you really like you could offer something to so like you know if i'm if if there's some i might think i'm not the best bass player and oh, i'm not good enough to teach someone to play bass but like there's always somebody who would absolutely love if i could teach them to play bass and i may think oh well my band you know, has never been like that famous. We've never like done a sold out arena tour or something, but there's always bands that like would send me, send us messages and be like, Hey man, can you give me advice on how to do this? You know, X, Y, Z with my band or what can I learn? So like being a teacher has helped me to have perspective on, on that, to not, to not isolate myself completely, you know? So like, I want to be able I heard a story one time and this is a silly story. It's like unrelated, I guess, no, but like I heard, a story, I heard a story that Billy Joel said that like, they don't, they don't sell the front row tickets at their shows hmm. because they reserve those seats. And then they pull people from the back of the audience up to the front rows, um, at his shows. Now he's told that story and it's on YouTube. So maybe it's reliable, <laughs> but maybe he does sell the front row tickets and he just said that to sound cool. But the idea being that like that, that would be a cool way to like, 
really take care of the people who are sort of the less like the lowest on the totem pole the people who are in the nosebleed seats bring them actually up to the front and there's something biblical and christian about that too the first shall be the last and the last shall be first mm. um and i think that as a band who has been around for a long time and has something to offer um you know hey there's people out there who you know I would be, it would be sexually kind of selfish of me to just be like, oh yeah, whatever. Like I don't have anything to offer anybody. It's we interesting, make, right? We don't need to make any more music because like, who cares about this band anyway? Like that's actually kind of a narcissistic thing when there's people out there who are so stoked about it. Like, and I mean, I'm one of them. I'm, I'm a huge fan of becoming the archetype, which is, feels weird to say that, but like, I don't know. You should be. You, you, yeah, I, I like I mean, the music. That, that's what. That's why I said we've always made music, primarily, that we it, wanted to hear. Isn't it inter interesting? Right? You see the fans in the front row. I almost think of it like okay, Metallica, and then in the back you have the, you know, the bands yeah. that that aren't like Metallica, and you bring it, it almost in that perspective in in a way. Yeah. And I think about. Can you introduce me to Metallica? Is that what you're telling me? I can do that. Uh, we actually had our photographer cover Metallica not too long ago. She's actually covering Corn tonight for us out oh, in New York. So Corn's another band I grew up on, and they're going to be featured on a publication. Crazy. I gave Crazy. I gave Brian Welch uh, di a dichotomy CD at Cornerstone Festival one time. I'm sure it probably went straight in it's, the garbage okay, can, but I this, gave it to no. him. <laughs> Cornerstone Festival. Here's the thing. Was this in 05? Uh, it was probably it, has to be. it was it was when he was there playing with when it was just him. Was the he devil have, was the he devil didn't have love and death yet? I probably okay. I asked Mike about the same thing. The Cornerstone Festival. Something something about this festival is really special, man. Because I asked Mike, it was about it was this. special for. I mean, I, a lot we of the bands. The, I imagine we were there from like two thousand one until. I mean, I was there personally, and becoming the archetype played from like two thousand three or four all the way through when it ended in 2012 and it was it was awesome it was a place where like a ton of bands that you and i have talked about already were sort of born and what i mean by that is they either got discovered there i mean you could go on youtube right now and search you know google or youtube you don't google on youtube but you search on youtube for uh the devil wears prada at cornerstone and it's like them standing out at a generator stage and playing uh in the middle of a bunch of people that that's what it was like. It was just super cool. Uh, Dang, dude! Super cool, positive. I mean, there's there's a lot of festivals that are recreating that now. Uh, Furnace mm -hmm. Fest has been uh, just killing it the last couple of years um, with all these reunion bands and stuff in Alabama. Yeah, and, next um, next month, I think I think we are slated to cover that. Um, yeah, I've never been to Alabama. Well, have I? No, I don't know if I have. I can't remember. You uh, listen. Uh, five Iron Five Iron Frenzy is basically Alabama. Five Iron Frenzy is going to be there. You, do you know that out of all those hardcore bands well there's there's that, other bands. i'm there's, excited to see five yeah, there's, there's other kinds of bands playing i think uh pedro the lion's playing and um yeah. appleseed cast is playing and some you know all kinds of cool uh i think non-metal uh, bands but there's lots of metal bands there for sure uh there's so many bands out there uh, i know the uh, showdown the, i think is playing maylene and the sons of disaster ghost inside is also playing i think they're yeah. headlining one of the days but man I my point is those my point is those festivals now i think are sort of recreating that atmosphere yeah and i um, love that so what did that also so what best did also totally the same thing and that's what i really appreciated but um jason all right let's get to the surprise here that i talked about we've, we've been waiting surprise for me um, chicken wings bring them on. we go chicken wings man well, oh, I'll, rain check all the chicken wings i'm gonna give you all the chicken okay. wings you want i promise all right here's what i'm gonna do here i'm gonna do something called the hot seat, hot seat. i'm gonna see if you know the lyrics to your own songs are you for that challenge <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. You got well, this. All right. I'm gonna. Here, I, I handpicked a select for you. I may have selected a few deep cuts in there. Okay. okay let me Google real quick. Uh, <laughs> okay. I won't do that. I'm oh. gonna start you off easy. I promise. You know what's funny? I I did this with Mike from the Devil Wears Prada last week. And shout out. How to well him, did he way. do? He got every single song right, and he started okay, off. That doesn't make me feel better. Listen, listen, listen. That doesn't make me feel listen, better. Listen, listen. It's the same thing. We had we had Corey from Trivium on our show as well. They both said the exact same thing. They said, "Oh, I'm not going to get any song." Both individuals got every single song right, and it's always the other way. I have artists who say, "Oh, I'll get every song." They get every single song wrong. Oh, oh I'll I, get any yeah. of the songs. They get every single song right. It's it's weird. So how if, that I'm works gonna out. Be, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be. 
if I'm going to be if, anything, if I'm going to be humble, what I should say is I will get some right and most of them not right. That humble face. Okay, here um, we go. But here's what I'm going to do. All right, here we go. I'm going to read the lyric. You just say the song. I promise I'm going to start you up easy. Okay. Here no. We go. It's been <laughs> ten years, man. <laughs> hang on, hang Devil on. Wars Prime is still touring. <laughs> like on. you guys are going to be touring too. You guys are going to be coming but, out. Here oh we go. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm making you rethink your set list. If anything, all right. Here we go. This is a test, so you got this. They were the chosen ones. We have not forgotten. We are the only ones who refuse to let go. Huh? Okay. What? What's uh, the song? That's the remnant. Yeah. There we go. See. That's from the all new right. record. Yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. I know that. Oh, okay, I, thought, I told okay. you I started off easy. All right, next one. I'm not gonna go in order. <laughs> All right, because if I here's the thing, because obviously we're gonna go back a decade. All right, here we go. Deep within the ocean's keep, there lies a corpse in endless sleep. Do you know this? Should I keep reading? Yeah, yeah it's from Celestial Completion. It's from uh, it's from Xenosynthesis Part Two. Oh, <laughs> Elemental Rat. Requiem. Right, right. Well, Xenosynthesis yeah. is the name yeah. of the. Yeah, yeah. Or no, no, sorry. Xenosynthesis is the other song. It's Requiem Eternum. Is the two. is the trilogy. It's part two of yeah. Requiem Eternum. Look at you. It's, Look at this. Yeah, I didn't remember what it's called though. I, said I told you. Uh, you you song. still got it. You still got it. All right. This this may be a harder one because, hint, you know, my power was shown in works of might that my children might believe. The blinding weight of glory, no human eye could see. I wrote that. No. Okay. This is, a, this is a hard one. Oh. This this should be an easy one because you know a certain someone wasn't on this. <laughs> oh, I mean, think think title track and think 2012. Oh, I mean, it's got to be on. I am. That's the but, song. Okay. That's the song. I am. Yeah, but okay. And so what's funny about that is I did write a lot of the lyrics. I actually probably wrote really I probably wrote 75% of the lyrics for that record and had the concept for that record but I did not write that song. That would you, you ever wrote. perform these songs live when you go on tour sure. again? I would love to I'll hear do that. anything for money. That's a great record by the way, okay? <laughs> just kidding. But uh Yeah. He's he's humble guys. I'll do a full I'll do he's a full I am tour if that if Don't you know, worry. If the, <laughs> All right. And there. here's the thing, as I'm reading these lyrics it it sounds like poetry like it's it's well thank you i didn't write the last ones though and those were the most beautiful so far i mean i mean oh come on man don't do that here we go <laughs> check out this one all right okay L listen to it as i'm reading it it's, it's doing the humble face there's no hope in justifying wrong just death in rationalism i am not of this world and science cannot explain me i will transcend death love that lyric so good <laughs> Yes, you did write that. I know it's from Dichotomy, mm -hmm. and I I want to say. You mean read it again? Uh, I I want to say that it's from uh, the song "Evil Unseen." Yep, man, okay. you're getting this, dude. You say you which is get these so that song that mm -hmm. song is in my opinion is one of the nastiest sounding songs that we've ever recorded uh, with the band and Devin Townsend actually. So Devin's really into like new age stuff, like an energy yeah. energies and like positive energies and negative energies. He had such a hard time when he got done with the end of that song. Anyone who hasn't heard that song, it ends with this like big breakdown, but it's there's like buzz saw noises and like people groaning. It's like it sounds like a like something straight out of like Dante's Inferno happening at the end of that song. And Devin told me that he had to get up and like go puke to get the like bad energy out of his body when he did that song. Cause that, when we recorded with, wow. this is like, this is, this is cramming it into a, like a really small space, but Devin basically, when he recorded us, he had stopped playing metal because he was trying to get sober, get, you know, all of that out of it. For him, metal was about negative energy. Metal was about drugs and it was about, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. So he had, he was still recording some bands at the time, which we got, we, it was just like a little window, but all of a sudden we popped in and we were this like Christian band who wanted to be like positive and play heavy music. And I don't brutally heavy don't, at the same yeah, time. <laughs> I so when he did that song, he was like, man, that, okay, that's, that's too, that was too evil. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that, was, evil, that was, that was like during the strapping on evil unseen. Days, I believe. Yeah. 
Evil but, Epstein. There you go. Got that one. That, that's that may be my favorite song off that record. One reason why Me I too. picked it. So, man, what the heck? Look at this. We're now we're actually connecting here. Look at that. All right, moving on. Lift the earth and like a wave, carry us to shore. What Magnetic a perfect, sky. Look at that. Celestial completion. Two thousand. Yeah, that one's pretty easy. Yeah, really. Look at you, man. What did I say? It hurts to see you live. It hurts to see you live your life into oblivion from Terminator Damnation. <laughs> yes. I thought when you said we were going to play this, I thought when you said we were going to play this game, I thought the rules of the game were that you were going to say a lyric and I had to finish the lyric. And that game I would probably fail at. But this you know, game. I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about doing that because I've done maybe 500 of these interviews. I was thinking about doing that. That would be way, way too hard. That's that, that's yeah. more of a chicken wing interview. If you fail that, then you have to go to the next hospital. That's why I was that's... saying, yeah, I haven't played in 10 years. There's no way I'm going to remember what the next lyric is. Um, right. But but if you, yeah, naming where it comes from, that, that one's a little easier. But I don't want to sound cocky because I might miss the next one. So, All right. Surrounded by darkness. This is Ransom. Dichotomy. Okay. Uh, oh, surrounded on, by surround. The joke was always surrounded by dorkness, um, <laughs> because surrounded. sometimes you say you scream words with like a you know dorkness, and it sounds more like <laughs> dorkness. Anyway, uh, surrounded by dorkness, my body yes. cold, my spirit weak. My greatest attempts to start a. Oh, okay. So hold on, we're not on that song. We're we're in physics of fire now. Yeah, there you go have Man. proved to be in vain yes this is from the physics of fire and uh this is from i love the album art on that also that is a point of contention amongst people hmm. uh i actually found that out the other day i didn't realize that was a point of contention because it's one of our only album art. it's actually is it our only album art that's not a painting i think it might be yeah terminates know. a terminates a dan seagraves painting dichotomy was a i believe a Danish guy who painted it. Uh, Celestial Completion was Dan Seagrave painting. I Am was Dan Seagrave painting. And the new one's a Dan Seagrave painting. Physics of Fire was the only one other than Necrotizing Fasciitis, which was a single. Um, It was the only album art. So it's controversial amongst people. I think it's cool. I think it's great. I I don't remember the name of the song uh, from Physics of Fire. Oh, no. Sorry. Second second death. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, That's a deep I, can, cut. I can hear the song in my head. Um, I can hear it. It's one of the later tracks on the record. Yep. yep. All right. See, I got a deep cut. Yes. All right. All right. You the, win. Last one. Last one. Okay. In the silence, death is defeated. In my spirit, the battle rages on. And then I stepped into the light. I heard his voice. I saw his face. This one is from Dichotomy. And it is... Oh, I know the name of the song. It's the it's the Easter song um, that everyone quotes of us around Easter. Um, <laughs> yeah, it starts with the piano. Yes, yeah, you're right there. Um, you're pretty much singing the song at this point. I know the song, uh, but I can't remember the name. Um, yeah, sorry for the sound effects um so their dad their dad sound effects i've got a 10 year old and seven year old awesome um man i know the name uh man uh, you're gonna add this to the set list aren't you i know you are well it's it's always been it's always been a popular one um yep i can't remember the name so self-existent yes there you go i i wasn't gonna get that i wasn't gonna get that in 100 years now my right brain Probably knew the answer, but my right brain doesn't have the verbal capacity of my left brain. That's so, what they call it, left brain, right brain. Man, yeah. bro, that, my was, right that was, brain great. was screaming. We just we we're gonna have to do this again with the wings next time. All right, totally. And uh, we, like I said, we make our wings like in house, so it's it's good. It's pretty. Have you ever had the bomb hot sauce? I have not had Ooh. that one, but I've okay. heard about that one. Just a dab of it will. Oh, it destroyed me. I'm just not, not, I'm getting like PTSD thinking about it. Awesome. But we're going to have that on there. So I want to act like that. I want to act like I'm up for that. You will. I, I, I don't, I don't eat this stuff, but I'll do it for you guys. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> but, uh, I'll make, Jason, I'll make Doug do it. Duck will do it. 
Seth, Seth will do it if, he, yeah, Seth, one time we went to Waffle, or not Waffle House, the Varsity, which is a place in Atlanta, after a show, and I think Like a Seth, breakfast place? No, 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 no. It's uh, people who know Atlanta would, would slap you for even suggesting it's a breakfast place. It's like the it's like a greasy spoon place down, downtown that people go to after sports games, like at midnight. Yeah. So you get like hot dogs, and but they, they scream at you from behind the counter. They scream, what do you have? They scream at you. So like, and then you have, because it's, I mean, it's a huge place. There's like always a yeah. million people in there. They scream, what do you have? What do you have? Um, anyway, I don't want, I don't want anyone from Atlanta to be mad and take away my Atlanta card. So I'm I sorry. People from I had Atlanta. to explain, <laughs> I had to explain the fullness of the varsity, but Seth went there one time after a show we played at the masquerade and he and a buddy ordered a hundred hot wings and it was just like, they just thought it would be funny to eat. And they were so sick afterwards. Wait, they finished they, they each, all the wings? They each ate 50 of them. Oh my um, goodness. And they were so sick afterwards. So, but what I'm getting at is, yeah, Seth will, Seth will do it. He's just, he will roll around on the floor and be physically ill if if it's that hot. So we're going to have to do it after So you'll have to have the camera the for that. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. Oh no, we're going to, we're going to have move the camera around. and everything. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I can't wait, man, uh, bro, this has been so great, dude. I, I know we popped in about an hour. Sorry to take up so much of your, I'm good. of your time, man. This has been so great. I, I mean, it's, it, it really I is up late. Um, so I owed you some time, it, bro. It's exciting, man. I'm so, I'm so proud to see what you guys are doing. It, it, I love that you guys have, I love that there's new becoming the archetype in my life. Like we need more of you guys, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, I wonder if there's a tour coming up. I don't know if you can, I don't know what you can and cannot say. Um, I would love to help you book a show here in Dallas, at least, man, because I know a lot of the venue owners, a lot of great uh, spots here for you to play here for sure. Yeah, but we would love you, to. We would love to do that. Dallas and Houston were always awesome. Fort Worth, yeah, we're always great for BTA. So, and uh, uh, Jason, do you have any like last words? Just any shout outs? Anything else you'd like to plug in or mention as far as BTA and the new album? Before we finish things off here, maybe new music video. Anything else? Floor is well, yours. We do, we do have two music videos that people can check out. They're oh, super yeah? cool. They kind of got the sci-fi vibe. They do. Uh, going on. So we had a uh, uh, like a guy who did all this like cool animation stuff, which is super, super cool. We're big into like video gamey kind of looking animation. So it, it kind of looks like that. But I mean, I, the main thing I would say is I just want people to check out the record. If someone's listening to this, watching this, and they, you know, maybe they've never heard of this band, I think... This new record is a good place to start. If not, I would say start with Dichotomy. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that some new people will check it out. My first album that I listened to um, uh, that I really got into was Dichotomy. Then I went back and listened to Physics of Fire and Terminate Damnation before that. That's so case in point. That's a great place to start, too. Yeah, your I think so. It's my to... favorite BTA record other than, like we said, maybe the new one. But I'm I... a little biased right now because it's like... It's like a newborn baby to me. It's not even. It's not even out yet. It comes out in just a few days. Like I, I'm super stoked. Got just a few more days, man, until I, it unleashes. The dude. fact I, that I, you told me. The fact that you have told me that you got to the second half of the record and it was like your favorite. I'm so curious to see if that's how it strikes most people. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, because it it was just like it was just and it was an epic tale. Like from tracks, was it six to? Six, seven, eight, nine. Nine tracks on this track on this album, right? Ten. 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 Okay. Yeah. After the interlude, it mm -hmm. was it was game over. Like, like, I mean, close everything down. Like, I, I was just in shock. Like, how great it was. Just the composition from top to bottom. I mean, man. Okay. It. I think it. Thank you so much. I, I I figured I was gonna say it. no. Thank you. Are you kidding me? I mean, thank you yeah. for doing what you do, man. Don't ever stop. I can't wait to see you guys on tour. I need to see you guys on tour. I'm I'm gonna be the ones that you're talking about. That's going to be singing every song lyric up in the front. That's, and, well, uh, you obviously know more song lyrics than I do. You proved it. <laughs> Man, uh, Jason, this has been such an honor, bro. Everyone is listening. This is the great Jason Wisdom. Uh, Children of the Great Extinction drops August 26th on Solid State. Do us a favor. Uh, I mean, I'm old fashioned. We talked about being old school. I still yeah. buy records that's sitting in the corner of my, corner of my room. Um, buy the record. The bands can't do it without your help. It really goes a long way. Uh, you can also listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams out there. Check us out on interviewinterfire.com. Jason, much love, brother. Uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Have a great week, man. Uh, yeah. Don't go too crazy on the teaching. You know, okay. try not to be overwhelmed. Just remember everything you've done. You know, you're doing it 
for a, a good value, a good purpose. No, no, no and death you, metal screaming at the students. Stay humble. Just use that humble, uh, that humble expression when you're in the classroom. All right. That, that little grin, but, <laughs> um, but I'll see you down the road, brother. All right. Let's stay in touch and yeah. uh, I'll see you soon. Yeah, man. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for, Bye-bye. thanks for waiting around for me. No, of course. I'll always wait for you, man. Thank you. Yeah. We are a part of the resistance. The underground is urgent remnants. We bear this burden through the ages. Beneath the surface, the war still rages. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.